three beers and a scotch. Christmas, Aaron. Well, Merry Christmas, Mark. Yeah, so I'm guessing what happened is that poor organist went to hit the 2T button, which is to turn everything on to make it real big, uh-huh. and accidentally hit the transpose button, uh-huh. and then uh, had a moment trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what happened and which way they were out of tune. Well, it just sounded like the Phantom of the Opera was about to happen right there in the middle of the chorus. I love that the choir... Was like just went with it. No, screw you. <laughs> this is the key. Yeah, this is where you match us. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, all you guys have to do is just sort of slide over. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. They were sort of like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This is this is how this. That's how that went. went. And eventually, when he got back, everything kind of clicked back into very good. Perspective. But anyway, there you go. So so that's what happened uh, there. Anyway, let me just tell you something. Yes, sir. I was uh. I thought, you know, I listened to some podcasts this week. Uh-huh. And uh, I finally officially got uh, your the funny books with Aaron and Paul into uh, into my list. Uh-huh. I started listening. Uh-huh. Where did you start? Did you go all the way back to oh, the first no, episode? Just the, just the most recent. Just okay, the most so you didn't go back to, to episode one because you might be lost. There's a lot of continuity there. I mean, it well, is almost 300 episodes Well, now. so, I mean, we have some things to discuss. Oh, because, dear. Here we go. Uh, last time... Uh, I believe that the title of our podcast talked about some transgression on your part. Uh, yet another betrayal story. That's yes. the one. Yeah, that was that was the the the, the two episodes ago. Right, it was that one. And so I heard you talking about having a having a beer. Uh-huh. I believe you uh-huh. even named it, and and you and Paul just sort of reminisced. <laughs> if only there was a podcast. <laughs> So where, where you could have beer. So and uh, and so I think we need to talk this through. So talk, give me, set the scenario so that I can. Uh, Would you I like some kind background? Of feel yeah, sure. Please. So uh, we were recording the recent uh, podcast, and typically the the comic book podcast, Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, is uh, recorded on Saturday mornings, and uh, neither Paul nor I could do Saturday morning, so we did Sunday afternoon. However, Sunday afternoon is my beer and cigar time, so instead of recording from my man cave, um, I recorded from the back porch so that I could have my beer and cigar. Yeah. Well, and I don't begrudge you having beer and cigar. Uh I just thought it was interesting that there was sort of this longing talk, which, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, (laughs) Paul has been on this, actually. He has. He has been on this podcast, yes. He said something like you, you said, and he was like, oh. Well, if only we could have a podcast where we could. <laughs> and you know, your response, not, well, have you heard? Uh-huh. But it was, you know, if we do it a little later on Saturday. And it was just, <laughs> it was just knife huh. through the heart time. You just felt a little cheated on, didn't you? Uh, I really did. And so, I was just like, uh, at, the, at the base of it, you know, come on, man. A little cross promotion can't hurt. But So uh, instead of this being the 2015 Christmas Spectacular, perhaps <laughs> it's yet another Another, another betrayal story. Betrayal yeah. story. <laughs> but I digress. Let's go okay. back to Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. And so, yeah, so we're getting into the, the season. It's actually kind of crisp. I don't know about crisp. Yeah. still kind of mooky outside, but it's 
cooler, and, and it's it's clear that it has not been Thanksgiving yet uh, because I haven't had that much to drink in the last couple of weeks. Right. So once Thanksgiving has happened, uh, that's just a mess fest. You're full on That's in. three days of just absolutely starting in yeah. the morning and finishing uh, as I go to sleep. So. <laughs> Because you, you have you have bed bed beer, right? Yeah, there's bed yeah. beer, there's shower beer. Right, shower beer, yeah. Uh, there's turkey beer, uh-huh. there's leftover beer. <laughs> and actually, I go for the hard liquor, which is not something I normally do. Uh-huh. Uh, two uh, Thanksgivings ago, I got uh, Bacardi, the Torch Cherry Rum. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, perhaps, but the uh, basically it's just making cherry Cokes. Um which goes great with bagels and a schmear in the morning. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> and as a little aperitif in the evening. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's all I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be fun times. Very good. But uh, I think one of the things that get, gets me mostly into the mood for Christmas, in fact, it's just not Christmas anymore without it, uh-huh. is our Christmas spectacular. It is our Christmas spectacular. I mean, many, many years now of Christmas spectaculars. Do we know how many? It's been like 12 years of oh, Christmas yeah, Spectaculars. At least, at least we should that. go back. Yeah. And what's great is we have never even repeated it. Children, children fathered during the first Christmas, Christmas Spectacular are voting for Donald Trump in the next election. How, why'd they turn out like that? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> all, that, it's uh, all that fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, because... With Donald Trump, there is hell to pay. That's right. All right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, you want to go ahead and maybe we'll get a, a song going, and then we'll transition to a beer snitch. Very good. So, are you spinning the the first cycle? Well, I really am. Okay. Um, and I've got a couple of choices. So, do we want um, uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of funk, uh, or a little bit of jazz? Oh, I I ooh, I like fun. Okay. I like fun. doesn't make it to the end of the podcast it'll only because be because i've murdered him <laughs> is that not one of your favorites I, I i hate that song the most of any of the christmas songs and you know this mark no yes, no we've do. only spent a dozen years together yeah. at christmas yeah no it's it's a terrible song well i was wondering why you never brought it up i i hate that song <laughs> yeah I, I hate that song now can i ask is every single song you're gonna play tonight jingle bell rock <laughs> <laughs> uh, graciously for you, no. Okay, no, just no, no, checking because no, no, no. I just thought that might. Well, be... I gave you a choice, didn't I? Though uh-huh. I was yeah. just wondering where this was going. Yeah, I just didn't know if maybe you had a, maybe a jazzy jingle bell rock, and then perhaps a uh, funky. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Yeah. But speaking of funky, how about some beer? Let's do it. So you got some funky beer? Well, I, I, I one of them might be funky. Okay. The rest of them should not be. If they are, then we've got an infection. <laughs> Yeah, tonight we've got our famous Izzy with us. Which the is famous Izzy. The famous Izzy. Uh, and she uh, is our uh, Chihuahua slash, I don't know, 
with it, maybe. She's got some long legs. That's all I got to say. Her legs go all the way up. All the way up and down. And they are uh, lengthy. Okay, so the first thing we're pouring uh, is the uh, mm. Christmas Ale uh, from Breckenridge. Now, that I like great. Breckenridge. It's, uh, I, I'm trying to think of anything that I've had of theirs that I don't like. Uh, and I just can't. I can't think of anything. I just think that they, they do a very good job, uh, very consistent um, all the way through. So it um, doesn't matter what style. If you want a good beer and you're not really sure what to get and there's a Breckenridge, mm -hmm. get it. And I've always had good experience with Breckenridge. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got a nice nice smell to it. It's a little bit lighter. It does. It's got a great smell to it. Well, it's kind of it's an, rich uh, without it's a nice being heavy. Amber. Yeah, yeah, it's got a nice amber color. Yeah, rich without heavy. I, yeah. would, I would give it that. And um, no, not a lot of head on this thing. No, no. And I didn't pour it real roughly. Yeah. Mine may have just a little bit more than yours, but yeah. not much. Um, but no, this is kind of a lightly, um, a lightly fizzed. Uh, whereas uh, the next one that we'll try after this is going to have a little bit more. Right. I think it's it's supposed to be pretty uh, aggressively carbonated where. Whereas this is not. There's a there's a, a little bit of sweetness in the nose, and you'll find a little bit of sweetness uh, in it as well. As much as it's a Christmas ale, mm -hmm. um, it's not super dark. It's not overly spiced. Yeah, this is the sort of Christmas ale I can get behind because uh, you could have over the course of an evening, two, three, if you were wanting to, yeah. to four pints of it, and absolutely, uh, I don't think it would wear your palate out. Yeah, and and that's nice because so many times. Um, I think that they uh, they take the idea of a Christmas or a seasonal ale as a challenge. Right. Like how much spice can we yeah. put in this? And yeah, you know, how big of a hit can I make this? You know. Right. I and want you to taste the entire tree. <laughs> right. And it's either now you know we found uh, so this one to me, uh, not necessarily in taste exactly, but as far as some of its profiles. Remember a couple of years ago we did that winter, the Alaskan winter that had I the do. spruce tips in it. Yeah. This this has a similar taste. Very it does. drinkable. Yeah, there is a little spruciness to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just very drinkable. It's just enough to where it's not your normal. I think if you were to have this in the summer, you'd you think it was a little bit odd. Yes, it's got a little bit of those warmer mm -hmm. spices in it. Um, maybe a little bit of cinnamon feel mm -hmm. to it, and a light. Not quite toffee, not quite caramel, but there's kind of a sweet, darker yeah. something in there. Yeah. It's got a really interesting finish to it. You know, the the smell is 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 there's there's a lot of pleasant sweetness to it, and so I, I was expecting it to finish a little sweeter than that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a hint of bitter that balances nicely from the the front end sweet. Yeah, um, it's I really like this. Yeah, it's, it's a really really gentle hop, but it's not without it. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like sort of a malt liquor kind yeah. of thing. Um, so uh, again, I'm going to say, uh, and I don't know that I've exactly had this one. In fact, I put back another beer because I started walking by and I saw this and I said, Breckenridge Christmas, I got to have me. Oh some. yeah. And so, uh, I went and it was actually, the singles were back behind uh, a sign. Yeah. So I was glad I looked. So it was, it's, it's, it's now where time. are they based out of? That's not a Texas brewery, is it? No, that's Colorado. Okay, and, and Breckenridge proper. So yeah. I was I was thinking about you know br the Breckenridge in Throckmorton County, right oh, here in right. Texas. So yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, no. This is we are gonna have uh, a Texas beer tonight. Oh, okay, but, yay! But this is not the one. Uh-huh. Well, I tell you what. Why don't we? Uh, so now I've got now none of the other songs are Jingle Bell Rock, probably. Thank you. I probably nice. Um, I feel like I'm about to get rickrolled. <laughs> no, but I've got I've got. Uh, so at this point, uh, we've got uh, how about a soulful uh-huh. or um, uh, loungy. Let's go with soulful. Okay. I think you're right on this one. Okay. Merry Christmas, baby. You should been good to me. I haven't had a tardy this morning. But I'm all lit up like a Christmas tree. Well, I wanna wanna bring it a little bit high. Well, I well I wanna bring it a little bit high. Oh! Wanna bring it a little bit high, baby. No! Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, are we ready to dive into our next beer? I suppose. So, next beer. I was really tempted. There are three beers. Uh, and a scotch. <laughs> oh, holy crap. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Man overboard. Okay. Uh, we're so, going to have to replace that because there's no way that that wasn't a, uh, an infected beer. Okay. Well, so, there, there was some concern, and uh, we have a beer down. I'm sorry. So, uh, All right, there was just a lot of editing that just happened right there. Yeah, we had a we had a beer debacle. It was so uh, a beer that I was very excited about and started to talk about. So this is there's a uh, a Belgian brewery. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but they uh, they have a kind of a triple play of beers uh, that talk about the three wise men. So they've got a Gaspar, a Melchior, and, and Mortimer. Val- and Mortimer. Mortimer, yeah. Um, and uh, now I want to say Balshazer now, but I know that's not right. Uh, Balthazar. There we go. <laughs> um, Balthazar. And so I was very excited and began to open it up and absolutely like Vesuvius. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just erupted yes. as you opened it. And I didn't even shake the bottle up. No. And so, um, so I ran. Luckily, I've got a little uh, something that we can substitute that with. Uh, but we're going to go now to our... Uh, Fort Worth Brewery mm-hmm. uh, with the Pretzel Stout. Oh, very good. This is Martin House. I like a lot of the stuff that they do. Um, uh, I was about to say maybe they're not 100%, but what do I know? Because um, uh, it everything that I've had of theirs has been has been very, very good. And so I they may be just as solid as Breckenridge. I'm not really sure. Oh, wow. But uh, so this is Darker. Oh man, it smells great. Uh, it's a pretzel stout, so it's made with pretzels in it, and you really get a lot of that uh, breadiness and the pretzel. Yeah, you get uh, it's right like a pumpernickel rye almost yeah. at the top of it, and you uh, even a little uh, sea salt. Yeah. No, this really has. This is. It's got uh, a. It's got a, a good one. It is dark, dark, dark. Super dark. That and smells um, great. And I hope I put these two, last two in the right order. Ooh. Um, but it's got a little bit of a punch to it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like it. It's it's a little it's a little rough. It's a little bitter. Yeah. 
I like the nose a lot better than I like the taste. Yeah, it has it, it does have that to it. Um, I would say this would be good with dinner though. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, so. Yeah. With something that just kind of they could stand up to blamed it. it out a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. I know. Get me wrong. It's good, but it's it's a little bit more bitter than I care for. It's a little bit stouter than I care for. And it does. It has a um, to me almost kind of a grassy hop mm-hmm. edge right on the front. So it's not even like you know you get a real pleasant front of the mouth feel. Yeah, and I wouldn't characterize it, anything about it as subtle. It grabs you. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> grab you on the way out. Yeah, uh, it grabs you. It shakes you, and then you swallow it down. Um, but this is one of those um, you decide to have this. Uh, and you know, a couple of pints of this, you get through a pint of this. Think about how already you know it's it's it tests your your taste buds. Yeah. You can get through a pint, but I imagine after that, I mean, you're you're shot. Yeah. And it's really it's not chewy necessarily, but right. it's it's got some heft to it. Yeah. So it's gonna fill you up pretty good too. So yeah. this is not one that you want to go, um, you know, like take with you. Uh, a six pack or something like that for the day because mm-hmm. you'll make it through one and that'll be about it. I have to tell you, I actively disliked the first taste. Okay. I'm liking it more as I'm drinking through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I feel like I'm tuning out some of the some of the upfront tastes to mm-hmm. it, some of the upfront flavors, and I'm getting to to experience some of the back end. Yeah. Um, it's broadening for me. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, I think that the thing that I, I really enjoy about it is the nose to it. I mean, it it does smell exactly like a pretzel, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, and there's there's it's really interesting. Yeah, you know. Well, and there's once it gets to the middle of your mouth, I feel like uh, that's where you get kind of the the bready sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still to very aggressive. Yeah, I mean, even it is. that, even it is. the sweetness in it is aggressive. There's but there's nothing about it that is. There's something subtle. intensely satisfying. about like biting into a big warm pretzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because you, you it, I, it is aptly named. Yeah. Um, and let me point out too, we've had this out of the fridge for just a little while. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't in the fridge, but about three hours before that. Mm-hmm. So it probably wasn't super cold to begin with. So what we're getting also is um, 55 to 60 degree beer. Yeah. And you're getting... Um, a lot more tastes up front. So I think I would agree. had this been cold and you had a pint that you were letting warm up as you went, mm-hmm. um, it would have been much gentler to begin with. Probably. And then as it broadened out, uh, you'd be ready for yeah. it a little bit more. I was worried. Uh, you poured me a pretty big taste of that one. Mm-hmm. I was worried I wasn't going to get through it. And then you'll see. I, I liked it a lot Gone. better as it as it went than I did on the first taste. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't know that you'd be able to make it through on that. I just I was worried face. about it because I was th- that first taste was a little rough, but I rather liked it. No, it's super rough. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, what uh, will you grace us with uh, one of your music selections? I will. So, uh, I everything I brought today is Steve Winwood. Um, That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. He's true. been well represented in the past. I did so. not do that. <laughs> so. Um, Everything I chose this year is available for you 
uh, for Amazon Prime subscribers, so you can you can stream these songs. Well, look at that. I'm gonna start with something a little traditional, and then we'll move into some other choices. Lately, uh, there is there is something that I have enjoyed every year about Christmas since the late '80s, okay. and I heard someone refer to it as a guilty pleasure. And um, it, it, it took me back because I, it, it, this is a staple for me at Christmas, and it's the Christmas music of Mannheim Steamroller. Mm, you know, Chip it. Davis conducts uh, that, 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 that orchestra, symphony, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they've got, you know, many, many Christmas albums. And I heard someone just describe them, well, Mannheim Steamroller, it's a guilty pleasure. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure why that is mm. um, because it has been the soundtrack of Christmas for me for – 25 years right and i really do enjoy uh, me some Mannheim steamroller and one of my favorite pieces is uh their version of patapan uh which you know i, I think one of the reasons i like it so much is i used to play bells in a hand in a handbell choir mm-hmm. and, and you I, still should but anyway, go ahead <laughs> well and i i can pick out my bells oh right in it. now this isn't a handbell piece mm-hmm. but you know listening to it i'm like i would ring there And I don't read music, so I always had to just kind of, you know, feel it. Yeah, know where I went. And that was one of the things that I liked so much about that piece is I could really, it's like jumping rope. You know when to get in, Mm -hmm. right? And I I always knew when I was supposed to ring, whereas some things I rang, I'm like, I think it's here. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, anyway, here is Pat Pan. They have um, uh, Barry Manilow-esque key changes. It's kind of you know this very lush, opulent uh-huh. orchestration with synthesizers and big right. full sound. And so when something isn't at least slightly aesthetic, I mean I don't think that they approach it and go like, you know what, we should hold back here. Oh no, you no. know like you get the good right, you know get going into. And I think it's just it's big, it's opulent, uh, it's but catching, it, but. Just always remember, even though it, it, they call it a guilty pleasure, it's a pleasure. It's but a pleasure. Isn't that what Christmas is all about? It's gaudy. <laughs> it's well. It's, it's over the top. It's it's the way we decorate our our houses. Yeah. Well, I think certainly in the as far as the secular world is concerned, <laughs> uh, that uh, that very much is what you know Christmas is about. Like the how baby Jesus needs more Christmas lights, more bling. <laughs> That, that kid don't have not enough bling. That's right. That's well, right. do you want to hear some music geeky things? Why, why they are possibly named Mannheim Steamroller? I would. So I have no idea why they are called Mannheim Steamroller. And I, I, I thought s- there might be some guy named Mannheim in the group. I doubt it. So uh, there is this actual uh, technique uh, that they call the Mannheim Rocket, mm. and so you'll hear it in classical music. You know, or sometimes it's stepping up like that, or sometimes it's it's in arpeggios, but it but it keeps you know, bum, 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 and it keeps uh-huh. going up and higher and higher. Right. That's called the Mannheim rocket. Oh. And uh, so this would be the Mannheim steamroller. So I think it's the same idea, except instead of of launching upwards or whatever, 
it pulls forward. Maybe some of the you know the synthesizers and the fullness yeah. of that sound, kind of just the huh. strength of that. So that's gonna be my guess. And probably somebody's gonna look that up and go, no, there's a dude named Manheim, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just really into steamrollers. Really into steamrollers. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go with that other one because it sounds more geeky. Yeah. So. You mean the uh, the Northampton steamrollers? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're coming up to our third beer. We are, we are, and we've had a pretty good experience so far. Well, except um, for the for you know the Vesuvius beer. Right, the Vesuvius beer uh, really let me down, but this is what I replaced it with, and I think that you'll like it. So it's Old Jubilation uh, Ale. I've actually. I'm had sorry, this I one. heard something about Old Jews. Jubilation. Oh, okay. Jubilation. I'm sorry, I thought you were going a little anti-Semitic there. No, no, pro-Semitic. <laughs> pro-Semitic. Um, for sure. We are Semitic positive here. <laughs> we are. Jesus was a Jew. Um, but anyway, so this, uh, I'm trying to see if it's got a, a, a date on it. It does not. Uh, but I've had it in my fridge for at least a year mm. uh, or so. And so, but this is one that can age, and I've, I've aged one of these before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's real nice. It's from Avery, which is another a Coloradian. Uh, again, I was going to try to go international with us, but right. uh, kept us to Colorado and Texas. So, all right, so let's see if we can get a good. There you go. That might become a new ringtone. So this is going to have. Uh, well, let's just we'll we'll read about it here in a moment. But uh, I think this is going to be uh, satisfactory to you. This is dark as well. This is dark as well. Not quite as dark. I yeah, don't. Think. And not nearly as much uh, head on this one. But oh, the th- nose on it I think is just mm-hmm. great. It's uh, very caramely. Kind of, yeah, caramely. Uh, big, rich, dark fruits. Mm-hmm. So, so this has has some promise to it. Y- you can see a little light through it, whereas the other one you really couldn't see anything at all. Uh, but it's almost, of course, it's been sitting uh, at least for a year, or whatever. But it's almost just kind of ruby esque in its in its clearness. Oh it's my. nice and clean. Mm, that, my friend. Is something worth drinking. Yes. Now this is is one I like, and you can pick this up year after year. I don't know how much they change it. Um, but let's see if tell me if this if this describes it well for you. Um, our winter ale has a gorgeous mahogany hue, hints of hazelnuts, and a finish of reminiscent of mocha and toffee. No spices, just a perfect blend of five specialty malts. Cellarable for three plus years. Wow. So this is. Year one, maybe one and a half, something like mm-hmm. that. Possibly two, but I don't think so. Um, but anyway, it had, uh, clearly has, has aged well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has, there's just a big deliciousness to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's Not rich. overpowering. Not at all. Not at all. Um, lots of stuff going on there in the mouth. Um, reminds me of like a... Uh, a warm holiday uh, punch, you know. Um, you know, you were saying dark fruits. I'm, I'm picking up the fig. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a fruit cake in a glass, is what this is. Okay, yeah. So I guess I can see the hazelnut, but also sort of like the the pithy mm-hmm. uh, part of the of the pecan, mm-hmm. and not in a just a stark bitterness, but right. kind of mixed in. Yeah. Um, pleasant, very pleasant. Really pleasant. Very. I mean, this is epitomized as the kind of the holiday. I would say that that uh, Breckenridge Christmas Ale, um, you know, that's your starter. This is your yeah. nightcap sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, there is something a little bit more desserty about this than some of the other things we drank. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's very drinkable. I mean, you know, you, you, you talk about, you know, you, you drink that pretzel stout, it might be hard to drink a second one, you know, and, right. and this one, I, I think that, uh, you could drink a couple of these, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know that that would be my go-to because it is so rich and they're, they're, while it's not sweet, it's certainly not saccharin. Um, there is a sweetness to it that I probably am only going to drink one, Yeah, you know, but boy, that's really good. That is very welcome. That is good stuff. Well, would you like to do uh, another one of your songs, or would you want me to finish I, out? I can do another one of mine, and then you can do one of yours, and then I'll do my last one. Oh, that sounds How's that sound? Does that sound like a plan? Absolutely dandy. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to find was a a traditional Christmas song, uh, maybe done a little differently. And uh, you know, I was looking for a standard that maybe wasn't sung in quite so standard a fashion. And so I was kind of amused that, you know, you had your, uh, who your last song was. James Brown. James Brown. I'm like, it wasn't Rick James. <laughs> that which would, uh, would be awesome, by the way. It would be. But, uh, you know, kind of along those lines, uh, I have from my perennial collection of the Jews of Christmas, I have Sammy Davis Jr. singing Jingle Bells. Now, the thing that I love about this is that it starts off very traditional. Sammy Davis Jr. singing Jingle Bells. It's exactly what you'd think, you know. And so we'll listen to that for just a moment. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making and then, spirits bright. you know, after the bridge, Sammy makes it sing. I, I just, you know, I was like, okay, he's going to Sammy it up. And I, I love Sammy Davis Jr. I, you know, I, I'm a big uh, Rat Pack guy. I, I, I love all those guys. And uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Is, is not credited enough with some of, the, some of the songs he sang. And I just, I absolutely love that. And again, I love the Jews of Christmas. You know? Well, that's what you, you should. Get, Although I heard the other day that he was getting into, uh, at some point in his life, into Satanism. Is that right? I have no idea. Okay. But I can't believe that a Sammy. I can't. Not no. my Sammy. I tell you what, so here's an interesting little tidbit. So I was listening to uh, one of the, one of those shows where they, you know, they tell you how much something's worth. Mm-hmm. So apparently Sammy Davis Jr. was a was a huge bootlegger of movies. And so <laughs> uh, apparently uh, like film? I mean like yeah, so like videotapes, like VHS tapes. Okay. This guy brings in this huge collection. He's like this is from the Sammy Davis Jr. estate. And, uh, you know, it's his handwriting on these, right. labeling these these things. And uh, the guy's pretty much like, so, first of all, I'm pretty sure that these are illegal. Uh, so it would be, it's more difficult to sell those things. Secondly, there's nothing personal about this whatsoever. There's simply his handwriting labeling right. uh, these illegal tapes. <laughs> so perhaps it's best uh, for you just to... Enjoy these in your personal collection. <laughs> as That's hysterical. Did. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I really dig the Sinatras and the Crosbys and, oh, and yeah. whatnot. And, you know, uh, Bing Crosby really kind of owns Christmas in terms of, you know, his uh, you know, White Christmas song. Anyway, I'm uh, extremely excited because hopefully, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this podcast 
uh, has has grabbed the other podcast uh, of the masterclass. Yeah, um, you know, I about uh, what two episodes back we released the uh, recording of the Glenfiddich masterclass that I attended at the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society whiskey extravaganza, which is Chicago. very much worth a listen. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and if you don't know what Suzanne sounds like when she laughs, <laughs> you should hear this you, because you, the guy was was entertaining and uh, and he had the whole place going. That's so. right. Um, so the whiskey that one of the the uh, several whiskeys that we tasted uh, in the master class was the Glenfiddich Solera, um, which we are tasting tonight. This yeah. is the one that every time he kept on saying it's a fifteen year, I kept hearing fifty year, and right. I was like, dang. <laughs> They're approaching this so casually. Yeah, right, right. So you ready for me to pour oh, this? Oh, I am absolutely ready for you to pour. Let's 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 hear this cork and uh, it's already going up. Yeah, it is. See if you can get a good cork squeak. Oh, that was one of the best. <laughs> generous pour yeah thank you sir now look at that color tell me about that color it is at a real light amber uh it almost looks like it could be like a dark chardonnay yeah jim like as far as i mean it's just nice and clear and beautiful um i'm already starting to catch a nose off of it it's got quite a nose uh-huh. doesn't it yeah it sure does um and it's just it's just a very gentle. So some of the other ones that I've uh, that I've seen we've had there, they're either uh, kind of quite dark, whether mm-hmm. because it's that they've been old or they've you've put food coloring in it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's because they're yeah. they've been in barrels. Uh, but it's 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 definitely a kind of a gentler yellower mm-hmm. light amber color than uh, than some of the other ones that we've had. Yeah, um, it's aged in sherry casks. Uh, you know, if you listen to the uh, master class, it'll tell you all about the, the, the different uh, whiskeys that go into it to kind of composite this one and how it's aged. Uh, you know, there, there is a, an element of, of new American oak to it. Um, you know, there's the, the it finishes in the sherry cask, uh, you know, and it all ages up to be this 15-year-old uh, uh, Solera. The Solera is named after the style of sherry that it's casked in. You know, it's mm. a Spanish sherry cask. Um, I think it's got a delicious nose to it. And, you know, we haven't added any water or ice to it yet. No. Um, it's it's very nice. So it's it's easy on the sinuses. Yeah. Which um, not necessarily a prerequisite for for making me happy, but right. it, it allows you to kind of take a, a bigger sniff. Right. Uh, the whiskeys that go into it are all cask strength, but there is some water. In this, so it's not a cask strength whiskey. So you can appropriately drink, you know, drink this straight. You know, not mm-hmm. no ice, no water. Now, no one's a snob here, so we're gonna allow whiskey. We're right. gonna a- allow water and ice. But uh, 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 help yeah. me figure out the nose a little bit because it's real pleasant, but I'm not landing on a lot of real forward mm-hmm. like uh, smells. And there's a little bit of wood in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, it's not. I've we've had some that look like. I mean, it smelled like we just like 
you know, sawed through yeah. some fresh wood and it's right. really pungent. Well, this isn't. This is nice and gentle. It's not an Isla whiskey. I'll have to look up the bottle. I forget what region it falls into, but it's not an Isla whiskey, which is generally more of a peated whiskey, mm-hmm. which is sort of that smokehouse uh, kind of kind of effect that you get. Um, I'm I'm getting more of the sea. Mm-hmm. I'm getting some salt off of it. Um, some certainly some grassy notes, um, but a, a lot of that, you know, I. We have had, we have tasted, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but we have, we have tasted some scotches previously where a lot of the grass is a lot more forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that a lot of that is is toned down in the sherry, you know, because, you know, if you've had sherry before, you know, it's, it tends to be kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to pick up some of that sweetness and the, the mellowness mm-hmm. of, of the wood that that's aged into. Well, and I like this because it is, uh, although it doesn't have anything that's, real forward and, it, and especially distinctive it also though kind of carries a very balanced uh-huh. taste so uh where so, whereas some of them it's like whoa this really got the smoke right. doesn't it or right. whoa this really has the wood yeah, or this no. really has the this really has more of a balanced mm-hmm. flavor again nothing nothing particularly forward it just if you were to smell it it's like a sort of an epitome a stereotype right. of like this is a good solid scotch with with no Real, this sounds terrible, but no, especially distinctive, right? Uh, characteristics yeah. on the nose. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit more complex. You're not going to be able to pull out, mm. you know, a, a a defining, you know, oh well, that's mm. you know, X region, right? You know, but again, I I'm not seeing that as negative because no, there no. have been some times that had there been uh, some forward things that it 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 colored it too much. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go in for a taste. Well, what do you think? Uh, there's certainly a sweetness to the front of it. I like that. Taste the wood on the back end. Mm-hmm. Real nice kind of uh, dry taste. I like that. This is really satisfying. It's the very longer, mellow. Yeah. Yeah, and the longer that it um, sort of finishes, it's got a long kind of aftertaste to it that's really mm-hmm. uh, dry crisp kind of taste mm-hmm. uh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. So I, I liked Whistlepick. Mm-hmm. I liked this better, though. This yeah, is, no. This I, is good. And I know they're kind of two different things. They are, um, but Whistlepick's trying really hard to be an American scotch. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was, the, that was the point of him making the Whistlepick. Um, and something they have in common, they're both the same price. Okay. Whistle Pig was a $70 bottle. The Glenfiddich 15 uh, year old Solera is also mm-hmm. a $70 bottle. And I guess one of the things that was very interesting, um, but what was, uh, you know, David was saying that, you know, walking around uh, at, at Glenfiddich, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is something they may have like on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. Like that this 15 is 15 year. The distillers there who had the choices of, you know, some of the finest scotches in the world, the, 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 the greatest age scotches in the world. They could drink anything they want to drink. They like this one as their go-to whiskey. Right. And one of the reasoning was, well, what do you do on a special occasion? But really, I mean, if you've got the good stuff, uh, but I'm thinking that this has um, a balance and mm-hmm. and uh, just sort of an everydayness that you could really get used to. Yeah, no. And I this mean, is straight up. This yeah. is, and usually, you know, I usually yeah, like no. my nice. You like your, yeah, a little ice and, and a little and water. I've really yeah. enjoyed this. Yeah, no, this is great stuff. I, you know, as I said, uh, I think in the previous episode, 
I used to have an opinion about Glenn Fiddick that wasn't necessarily positive. Right. Um, and, and it's just because I tasted something that just didn't really hit home with me. But this Solera is fantastic. Um, I well, love, and I see that you've – how old is that bottle? Oh, not old. Because um, uh, Three weeks old. Okay. Yeah. Because you made a little headway uh-huh, yeah. in that. And I'm pretty sure – well, I don't know. You may have other podcasts where you share this <laughs> with other people. But. Well, yeah, I have the Four Beers Miscotch podcast. <laughs> well, so, of course you yeah. do. So. Um, no, but I mean, I, I bought this when I got back from Chicago and because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like it a great deal. I mean, I enjoyed the Whistle Pig, um, and I'm curious about the other Whistle Pigs. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Whistle Pig is always going to be a staple in my uh, bar cabinet. Right. But I think this will be. Um, I think that it, you know, much like the Texas blended whiskey, mm-hmm. I find it highly drinkable. I think that it's that it is it doesn't require any dressing up. Um, there is there is, number one. I have to tell you, this is important to me. It's pretty in the glass. Well, I like the color to it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the space side whiskeys are a little too yellow for me, you know, and clear, and they just don't. I, I, I it's a weird thing for me to say, but the color of the Scotch doesn't interest me. Right. I like a I like something that's got a little bit some, some caramel tones to it. No. You know? Well, this has some interesting because it it, it plays with the light a little mm-hmm. bit. It has just enough darkness to play with the light. Yeah. But it's not one of those like you look like you're looking at brown. Yeah. You know. And when you drink it, like if you if you just take a sip of it, you know, there is no harshness to the alcohol. I mean, you get there a There really isn't. You it's get, there. There's a tiny bit of heat, but it's it's very pleasant and warming. Versus like, whoa, you just punched me in the nose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I mean, 15 years is fairly young. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's three years older than a 12, right? Which is a more common age for, right. for an inexpensive scotch. But 15 years, it, this, it, is, it is giving you attributes of a much older scotch. Mm-hmm. The, 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 is that just from some of the mixing? And, I do. And I think it's got to do with the Solera vat. You know that he talks about in the master class, and you know where they're they're taking from older scotches and younger scotches, and, and pulling it all together to make this you know uh, very well balanced whiskey. In my it opinion. is as far as uh, true scotches, because I'm gonna I'm gonna echo uh, Texas blended whiskey. Uh-huh. That's when I run out of the one I've got right now. Uh-huh. I'll get another one. Yeah. That's something I want to keep on. Yeah, it's a staple. Um, and I would like to find a scotch mm-hmm. that does that either. Uh, talk to me. Let's talk about uh, this one uh, with the quarter cask because I think probably mm-hmm. um, that's on the top of my list. Right. And this is very quickly. Uh-huh. Now, like we haven't even added water, <laughs> and I don't know what it does to it. Um, but this is very quickly mm-hmm. um, coming right up there with it. So can we can we talk about those two sure. together? I mean, even from price point to then also you know let's talk about. You know how they're made and aging, and, mm-hmm. and some of the colors and stuff like that. And I know this is harkening back uh, many podcasts, but right. but anyway, can you give me kind of a quick side by side? The so just compare and contrast. Yeah. I would say the Lafroid Quarter Cask is a little smokier because uh, it is an Isla uh, whiskey, mm-hmm. um, and so you're you're going to have some some peated notes to it, and uh, uh, it's going to it is cask strength, if I recall correctly which means it's going to be a little bit more uh, in your nose about the, the alcohol level of it um, and is re- truly going to benefit from a drop or two of water. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the whereas the Glenfiddich 15 year, as I stated before, has had some water added to it uh, to to level it out some. You know, it's had water added to it before we've opened the bottle. Mm-hmm. It is not a cask strength, though many of the scotches that go into it are. Like I tried the New Oak that goes into this, and I tried the uh, uh, the Sherry straight up that goes into it. Um, you know, they were the you know one, the I, the New Oak was certainly a punch in the nose. Really good. I'm like, man, I I drink this, right. but it was a punch in the nose. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's it 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 would would stand you on your heels uh, as you're drinking it. Um, the quarter cask is younger than. What was it? Was it aged? What? Yeah, it was young. I I don't I I, I didn't realize there was going to be a test. Otherwise, I looked it up. But it's <laughs> but fine. you know the the whole point of the quarter. It's only been about a year and a half since we yeah. talked about it. Maybe more. The, and when it may have been about a year since I've had a glass of it. But uh, the the quarter cask is rapid age. It's the mm-hmm. whole point of using the quarter, the quarter cask. cask right. Is that you've got more? Well, it was it was a darker for sure, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, it didn't it have a little bit more of. It may have. It may have. I it's felt been a like while. it was a little bit of the, more of the brown. Um, but you know, it's it's more of the scotch touching the wood than you would typically have, right? Because right? it's a quarter sized. Um, I have to say that I really like the quarter, the Laphroaig quarter cask. It's one of my favorites. I honestly, I think I kind of like the Glenfiddich fifteen Solera. Mm-hmm. Better. Well, talk to me about price point too. Are they not? They're the both same? about the same. In fact, I, I want to say the Lafroy is maybe five, ten dollars more expensive. I want to say it's an eighty dollar bottle. Yeah, I was thinking it was. And a I will tell you this: the Lafroy quarter cask is harder and harder to get. Mm. Um, it, it, I, I, they are beginning to characterize it as a premium bottle, which means that only certain stores carry it that that are able to move that level of product. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's an eighty dollar bottle. It never, I've never seen it higher than like eighty five dollars. Right. Um, but it, it, you know, the, the quarter cask is really good, and I don't know why it's so hard to get a hold of because it's a younger Scotch. You'd think there'd be more of it. Right. Um, and it may just be that they're just not producing as much or releasing as much so that they can keep the prices up. Right. But uh, I have to tell you, between the two, and I will admit that there's probably some recency involved. But I think I like the Glenfiddich better. Okay. I think I do. I, I think that I think that it is there is a mellowness to this that makes it highly sippable, um, but still commanding. There there's enough there to, to really kind of demand your attention. Yeah. No, it's not it's not completely passive. And I get um I'm actually getting the alcohol instead of like in the throat and in the nose, which uh-huh. is sometimes where it burns more um a warming of the middle of the tongue uh-huh. the pal- and the hard palate mm-hmm. right before it goes to soft um and it kind of lingers right there instead of kind of becoming a cheaper alcohol feel uh-huh. in the in the back of the throat yeah um because i think there's there's enough taste and balance to it that it carries through there but it just sort of lingers there and like i said the aftertaste of it is really nice i could see uh, I could see why pairing this with a, a cigar or something like that oh, yeah. would absolutely just knock it out of the park. Well, and I, I can say that uh, it has it has served me well with cigars. Yeah. So uh, I've had one or two. Do you smoke cigars? Yeah, one or two every now and again from time to time. Hmm. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you want to add some water to it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me go grab some ice. All right, so I've added a little ice here, letting it do its magic. Now, I'd be interested because, uh, you know, some of these cloud up, 
and some of these remain pretty pretty stable with eyes this one's remaining pretty stable i mean yeah. there's a there's a little maybe a little bit of of course i've also been jostling it around a bit yeah i don't recall that this one clouds no it really doesn't i can i think that's just sort of the ice bubbles coming off of it i really would like to get one of those uh, the whiskey stones or something uh-huh and uh, and give that a try because that kind of keeps brings the temperature down and keeps it nice and and cool, right. uh, but doesn't water it down, which would be kind of a nice uh, intermediate between the two. I don't have uh, whiskey stones, but I do have uh, the silicone things that make the the ice balls. Oh yeah, oh you do. Yeah. Oh, you need to bring some ice balls. I I can do that. Let me just tell you something. Yes, sir. This is phenomenal. <laughs> You're a fan, huh? Mm. So I think that it just and, it, you know, it just it, won me over. When it cha um, it changes the nose. I don't know if you if you've nosed it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. It's, and see, I miss I do miss that other the other nose. I like the stronger. Usually, I like it when it when it gets a little water in it and it opens yeah. up. Um, I kind of liked it because it wasn't wasn't pungent in any way. Right. Um, but it, I mean, it's certainly nice and the the taste. With a little ice in it, and I just put. You, sometimes I'll put a couple cubes. I just put yeah. one. Uh, it is just absolutely phenomenal. It gave it just that. It was already balanced. Yeah. It just smoothed it out. Even it better. is so good. I, I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you. You know, just like when I went to the Doers uh, uh, master class, it changed my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've only I've only ever bought one bottle of Glenfiddich. And I should I should correct that. I've only ever drank one bottle of Glenfiddich. Mm -hmm. It was a gift, and it, you know I don't get me wrong. I, thank you for the gift, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was it. I, I I drank it, and it was. I think it was their Glenfiddich Twelve, you know, mm -hmm. and it just was fine. But it, you know, I've really gotten to where I require a lot of character, in the in the scotch that I drink, and uh, I think that that some scotches are bottled to be drank by folks who just you know are maybe casual scotch drinkers or maybe they're going to use it as a you know with a mix or something like that mm -hmm. uh, you know in a cocktail um but i'm actually somebody who really enjoys the taste of whiskey and i want to taste the whiskey you know I, the doer's white label didn't do anything for me the i can't remember what the name of it was but the glenfiddich 12 that i drank didn't do anything for me but this is righteous yeah no this, this is, is really this good. is right up there and yeah. i think um, as I was saying, I mean, previously my very favorite was that yeah. quarter cask, um, and I think with the ice, it just it just took it over the top. Yeah, um, and it's it's right there. It's distilled and matured in the Valley of the Deer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that. That's I, mean, right. I was going to tell you <laughs> about the deer. Yeah, but no, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. I uh, I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm well, you should be. Fan. This is fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, I certainly look forward to hearing uh, more funny books with uh, you and Polly, where you talk about beer more than you do on this podcast. <laughs> um, now, you know, the beer that I drank, uh, you don't like pumpkins, pumpkin beers. I really don't. And, no, you're you know, right. I know we it talk is, about this yeah. all the time, but you don't like pumpkin beers. But RAR has a new, uh, in their Den of Sin series, mm -hmm. a, a seasonal pumpkin ale which I got to tell you, it was off the charts. Was it good? It yeah. was so good. And it was everything you hate about it. I mean, it was pumpkin in your face. 
<laughs> well, let me tell you, I just I saw a lot of pumpkin beers today, um, and I know that you like them, and so I, I was halfway tempted on some of them because I, was I like, almost I know brought, it's... brought a bottle of that just so you'd try it. Oh, did I, you? Yeah, just to see to see how you responded to it. But um, well, feel free to do that. I mean, I don't. I, it's not the worst thing I've ever ever tasted, and if it's um, if it's well done, I'm fine. I've just I've had enough that I really didn't like, and it's the uh, it's the one where they either kill it with cloves, right, uh, or they kill it with um, like a, almost a sugary sweet back on right. that on that pumpkin, trying to make it too pumpkin pie, right? Um, which a few of them do, not all of them. And I've had yeah. some good pumpkin beers um, um, that I that I like great. Uh, but I was tempted. There were a few of them that from breweries that I, I respect that I thought, well, they probably do a pretty good job at this. Yeah. I just, I'm just now, not ready to to do that because I feel like it's on principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you want to spin us another Christmas song, Paul, uh, Mark, Paul, Mark, Mark, Paul, <laughs> Paul, John, Paul, Pope. Mark Paul Gossler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose I will. I want you okay, to... so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you let you finish this out. So, do you want to go for jazzy or loungy? Ooh, I think loungy. Okay, you're gonna get a little Diana Krall then. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's phenomenal. Well, you'll have to. You'll have to. Absolutely phenomenal. Wh- wh- where would I know her from? Uh, from music. <laughs> Uh, from the world the world <laughs> of sound um, no she is a uh, a jazz pianist and has absolutely like this uh, luscious wonderful smoky voice mm-hmm. um, and she does kind of a, a song that uh, um, you don't think of necessarily like well yeah that's that's part of our history on Christmas songs but right. it really is Okay. so uh, here it is Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer Fun for all that children call Their favorite time of year Snowflakes in the air Well, it's part of At our least childhood. 40, 50 yeah. years. You and I grew up with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you were to ask anybody, well, name all of the Christmas songs, I don't think that that necessarily comes up. Um, but it, it absolutely is because yeah. it brings that moment, and everybody kind of knows the Charlie Brown, you know, with the sad Christmas tree thing <laughs> and everything. And everybody kind of knows it. And, and so it, it's part of our history. It's part of. of uh, Christmas, Christmas, Charlie Brown. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Brownest. Now it works for a pastor <laughs> to use Charlie Brown in every single sermon. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it, it didn't matter what it's about. He'd be talking along about <coughs> Judas or something. He goes, you know, sometimes we all feel like Charlie Brown. I want to go, no, just you. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear tell that you... I have also brought three songs. I have. So you have uh, the third in the trilogy. I do. And, uh, you know, we live here in Texas. That's true. And, you know, I I think 
one thing that uh, that uh, people from elsewhere in the nation might not understand is that mariachi are pretty much staples here in Texas. I mean, you know, you can see as bueno. <laughs> you can go to, you know, any number of restaurants and there will be mariachi there. You'll be at a Chinese restaurant and there are mariachi there. Um, you know, it happens all the time. Mariachi are everywhere. They are pervasive. In the Texas society. <laughs> you know, I went down to the hookah place the other day. <laughs> and there were mariachis there. I was just there. trying to yeah. have a little hookah pipe. And they were playing, you know, yeah. Mexican hat dance. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. You know, when you go, if you're at a Mexican food restaurant in some far away, you know, state uh, that's not Texas. And, you know, the mariachis show up. You know, people are like, get the, get the hell away from me. I don't like the mariachi. But I love them. I love them. I mean, I am like calling them over. And, I mean, I tip. You know? you, yeah, you I do. I well, I mean, I tip. I mean, particularly if they're playing well and they're playing stuff I like. I mean, I I I love me some mariachi. In fact, uh, you know, the wife and I keep talking about a party we want to throw in which we have mariachi there. You know, oh, out on the deck. I'll bring some for you, cheesecake. Yeah, you they, it. let's do it. Let's do it. So the the last song. <laughs> what I'm what what I'm waiting for now is, and so what I have is a polka. what i what i have is uh i I discovered an album called uh christmas in mexico i like it and the the group that plays this is the mariachi kings my friends this is carol of the bells Mark, I loves me some mariachi. That's great. It makes me, you know, it transports me, Aaron. It transports me to Mi Tierras in San Antonio. Uh-huh. Um, which is just about one of my favorite restaurants just for atmosphere and they've got good food. But what I really love is the uh, the traveling mariachi that just go around. And anywhere you go, especially in San Antonio, uh, they're there. But uh, they're, that just has a special place. So that's great. I went to a restaurant in El Paso many years ago. And I was I was looking for not the tourist restaurant, right? So I, I drove a little bit, you know, out of town, and to this place that had been recommended to me. And there were I was sitting in the in the restaurant, and I really had just wanted to to eat some good food and listen to some mariachi, but you know they take their mariachi pretty darn serious in El Paso, and they had four stages what? in the restaurant, and each with a mariachi group. And I thought that I was going to get some work done. I had my, my laptop with me. I was going to do some work, eat my dinner, drink a beer. No, no. <laughs> I mean, they commanded your attention. Right. It was great. So more on the beer and mariachi and less on the Well, I had my beer Rita. <laughs> oh, did you have one of those? I've I did. I've never had one. It was, it, it was refreshing. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to wait, wait out a little bit. 
because they, they, they hit it pretty hard with some tequila. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had to, to dry out a little bit before I could drive back to my hotel. You had to wait until your liver took off somewhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, man, I love me some mariachi. And I, and I love discovering the uh, you know Christmas in Mexico, the mariachi album. It's just I, I love. That's wonderful. Yeah. We'll have to put a link because there's also another uh, like Latino Christmas yeah. album that I found. Um, that I'm very confused by. In fact, so I, uh, my son used to go to Spanish schoolhouse mm-hmm. immersion and uh, the Spanish, and then they would have like Christmas program in, in the school year. Uh, but I used to do the, uh, the, the music and everything kind of pre music and then the sound for all their programs. Right. And, uh, so I downloaded this album and it was like uh, Latino Christmas or something like that. Uh, and uh, what happened was, uh, let's see, how do I get this so that you can really see it? Yeah, so I downloaded Adeste Fidelis, and I was going to let it play, and then I started thinking, the album art is suspect to me. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. Espanol. What's the possibility that this is a parody album? Right. And this is as it's playing to many people who speak a lot of Spanish. <laughs> but this is the album cover. Oh, dear. You want to describe that for us? Um, well, it is a, uh, a healthy young woman in her, uh, her, her, uh, her, her swimsuit, her two-piece swimsuit. Small two-piece. Yeah, very, yeah, very small two-piece swimsuit. She is, uh, she is surrounded by a border of uh, of Christmas lights, which is the most Christmas thing about the entire <laughs> album. Well, she seems like a gift. Well, she does. <laughs> she is. so yeah. uh, so anyway. So I, I I turned that one off immediately, and I thought, you know, perhaps I should ask uh, somebody to listen to this first yeah. and make sure that it's not, yeah, you know, untoward. Dirty. Yeah, because it could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's and was ha, 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 that's ha, not what Christmas means to me. Maybe it should be, but it's not. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Aaron. This has been quite the uh, exciting evening. So I'll see you again, I guess, in September. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's try to make it more like January. Okay. Well, we'll see. I can't make any promises. I know. What we really should have is a New Year's resolution episode. We've not done one of those yet. No. So let's plan on that. Now, I do have another. I was, I was really hoping I, I have another scotch coming in. Uh, and I ordered it when I was in Chicago. Uh, okay. And it has not arrived yet. They told me it shipped. So it should be here any day now. So that can be our next one. I like that. And you know what? That's a great way to do. And you know what I think would be a great way? I know it's bending. It's bending everything. What's that? Everything. I think we need to have a Manhattan. You know, we we've talked about it. I think it's time. What if we have? Th- we need to turn it on its ear for for New Year's. Uh huh. Three scotches and a beer. I like it. All right. I'm down for that. All right. That's the next thing. All right. Happy New Year's. Happy, Happy New Christmas. Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
three beers and a scotch.